I'm going to endeavor to preach short and dismiss the children's church at this time. And uh, I really am going to endeavor to preach short today. You may have heard that before. But we'll, I'll do my best today. I was praying and studying and trying to figure out where God wanted me to go for this next season. We have a special service on November 12th. A larger group, Immersion College, will be with us on that uh, Saturday for outreach and Sunday for worship, and they'll be speaking and leading. And then we have Thanksgiving, and you got to preach a Thanksgiving message. You can be seated. Go ahead. I'm going to have Anna keep playing just for a minute. But you got to have a Thanksgiving message, and then we go into the Christmas season. And I was looking at what I was going to do in and around those special services. And as I felt some direction from the Lord, it drove me to John chapter 14. And specifically, I was going to focus toward the end of the chapter on the Holy Spirit, our helper. And I will probably preach that message in the coming weeks. And but as I was looking and setting the context of the message, I was like, man, there's just too much stuff. I can't just skip all of that good stuff in John 14 and start down here. And so I'm going to preach probably for four or five weeks uh, as in, and, in and around these special services out of John 14. And uh, I'm going to start today with verse number one. John 14, one through six, New American Standard and RVR 60 on the screen. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Today, for just a little bit, I'm going to preach on this thought, the way to the Father's house, the way to the Father's house. I, I read a lot, and I, I probably read more in the past than I do now. If you read much, or you may see this displayed in movies or TV shows, when people are searching for a path to a location, and they're not sure how to get there, or they may be afraid of getting lost, they will leave a trail of breadcrumbs. Now, I, I don't know how bread became the... the the primary way it becomes part of our, our culture. In fact, they use it in, in computer language. It's breadcrumbs that lead you on a path. Well, they went here, and then they went here, and they did this, and it's called breadcrumbs. And the reason for the trail of breadcrumbs is this, is that if you get to the end of where, this path that you're on and it's not your destination, you have to figure out how to get back to the starting point. And so you would... You had bread, and of course, that, they always have bread in the story, right? They 
take a piece of bread and you drop it on the path and every so often you drop a little piece of bread and then if it turns out that it was the wrong path in the wrong direction, well, now you can follow the trail of breadcrumbs back to where you started and go, well, we'll, we'll try a different direction, a different path. As long as the animals aren't coming along behind you eating the breadcrumbs, but that's a story for another day. Back in the day, at 51, back in the day, it's a common phrase, back in the day. Anybody say back in the day? Like I said, you know, like 15 years ago. Back in the day, 15 years ago, we would use maps that were not on our phone. Garmin had already come into existence, and they were making GPS stuff, and most people didn't have GPS or TomTom stuff. You put on your your dash and your cars. Most cars didn't come with navigation. So if you needed to know where you were going, you had to get you a Rand McNally. Anybody remember Rand McNally maps? We have, Terry and I know this, we're in the chamber together, Olathe Chamber, and uh, we have an insurance agent here in town that they give out Rand McNally maps. They do drawings every week. They're one of the sponsors for this year. You get these big old Rand McNally maps, and they're cool to look at. It's actually better than looking at your phone. If you've ever had a map and you have to figure it out, you've got to figure out where you're starting from and then where you're going, and sometimes you have to look in the back and go out. I'm going to Sacramento. Well, that's going to go to C6 on this particular page. And then you've got to cross-reference that. All right, well, how do I get there? Because I'm three states over, and it's only one state per map or page. So you've got a little bit of work, but it's maps. But here's the deal. You have to know where you're going, and you have to know where you're starting. Because a map does you no good if you say, well, I'm just going to get on this road. If you're nowhere near that road, how are you going to get there? You've got to know where you are so you can know what road to take, so you can know where it's going to end up, so you can get to your destination. And all of you, from the youngest to the oldest, you're familiar with GPS. Most people don't have GPS units sitting on their dash anymore. They have a phone or they have it built into the actual dash of the vehicle. But GPS is only good for telling you to some extent, where you are. But if you don't understand what that dot is, it doesn't really help you. You look at the map and go, well, this is where my dot is. This is where I'm, I'm at. But if you're trying to get to a destination, you type in the destination. And then it always asks this question. This is where you're going. But before you hit the direction button, you've got to tell it where you're starting from. It could be your location, or if you're trying to figure out how far it is from one place to another, and you're not there, you have to type in your starting point to figure out how to get there. It is the same way in our spiritual life. The question that we would need to ask is this, what is the end goal of this life? Where am I headed? Am I here just to take up space? Am I here just to pass the time until... I ride off into eternity, and what is eternity? And is there an eternity? Is, is life just, when it ends here, is that the end of all things? What are we looking for while we're here? Or what are we looking for at the end of our human existence? Some people are looking for enlightenment, and they're going to become these great enlightened people, or they're looking for reincarnation, and they do good enough here, then they're going to come back as something better. Some people are looking to find themselves and some people are looking to find their own truth and be true to yourself, whatever that means. 
But I would tell you that you and I should be looking for a place called heaven. That when this life is over, whether we die or Jesus returns, there is a destination that we have in mind, and it is a place called heaven. This world is not my home, I am just passing through, the song would say. And, and that Peter would write this, that we are pilgrims or we are aliens. This is not our home, we're just living here for a period of time, but we have a destination called heaven that we're looking for. How many of you are looking forward to going to heaven today? And I would be happy if we went today. A couple of people would be happy with that. Maybe I should preach about how great heaven is. Maybe I'll get there. Are you, anybody really excited about heaven? I mean, Johnson County is pretty good, and Olathe is pretty nice, but this can't compare to heaven. Heaven is going to be a glorious place, and that's later in my notes, so I'm going to hold off. But I would tell you that we need to look at where we are going, but we have to know the way to get there. The context of this particular passage is this, and if you've read the Gospel of John, you would kind of figure this out a little bit, but in John chapter 12, Jesus makes His triumphal entry. He's raised Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11, and He makes His triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, which is what we celebrate as Palm Sunday. And so, chapters 13 through the crucifixion in chapter 20, they're all one week of Jesus' life. One week of telling these stories in that last time. And so Jesus is, in John 13, He's getting ready to do the final Passover with His disciples. He washes their feet. He tells them that they need to be servants and they, come to, they have to serve one another and He came not to be served but to serve. And they go into the Last Supper and it is at the Last Supper that Judas is identified as the one who would betray Jesus. He is the one who dips into the dish at the same time as Jesus does. And Jesus tells him, whatever you're doing, do it quickly. And the Bible says he goes out. Satan enters into Judas. He goes and he sets up the betrayal of his Lord and Master. Prophecy then Jesus would make of Peter betraying Jesus. Peter, in this declaration, yeah, Lord, we're never turning our back on you. And Jesus says, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to betray me. Sure enough, that all takes place in later chapters. But in this, Jesus declares that he is going away. He tells his disciples, getting ready to depart. and They have no understanding at all of what he's talking about. He's only been telling them this for three years, but they haven't gotten it yet. They don't know what he means when he says he's going away. And so he starts this passage that I read with this declaration of let not your heart be troubled. Then he explains to them where he's going and the way to get there. They still don't get it, but that... Let's look at it this way. Understand this. There is a place that you and I are going if we are followers of Jesus. 
And Jesus calls this, He says this, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. The King James would say, In my Father's house are many mansions. It really is a word that just means many places to abide. There are many places for you to take up residence and you to dwell and you to abide in His Father's house. And the reason He uses this language, it's not, it would be uncommon for us, but in Jewish practice and culture, it is a patriarchal society, and so multiple generations living in the house of this Father. And to top it all off, Jesus is alluding to a number of other Jewish traditions that you have to study backgrounds and be somewhat familiar with this, that when a person gets engaged to a woman, when the groom is engaged to the bride, that what they would do is they would tell the bride, I'm going to prepare a place in my father's house. I'm going to set up a new room in my father's house for you and I to dwell in. That We're going we're gonna to move in together into this place that is under the umbrella of my father. I'm going to go and set this up. I'm going to prepare it for you. Further, Jewish tradition would say this, that people... The bride would not know when the groom is going to return. I believe I may have mentioned this a few weeks ago. They wouldn't know when the groom is going to return. So they had to always be ready and the the groom would come back and he would announce his arrival with the sounding of the trumpet, letting them know that they are here and that the time of the wedding is at hand. And Jesus has said here, there is a Father's house. Do not... Let your heart be troubled. There is a place where we are going. There is, even though I'm going away, I am preparing a place, and it is going to be a wonderful place. And there is a Father's house that has many dwelling places. It is a place with much room. It is a place with room enough for all who would come into relationship with Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions, many places to abide. The Bible would tell us that many are called, that it is not God's will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Why? Because He wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to live in the Father's house. He wants everybody to go to heaven. Your friends, your family, your loved ones, your co-workers, He wants everybody to go to heaven. And so there are many places for us to dwell in the Father's house. It is whosoever will, let them come and drink of the waters of life freely. Everybody has the opportunity and everybody has the option. And I don't have time, I referenced it already, the majesty of the place that he's preparing. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper would describe this new Jerusalem A majestic place, a place that's much better than the greatest thing you could think of here. That the greatest mansion, the chateau in the country, that's, I just needed a picture. That's not what heaven's going to be like. I mean, I I wouldn't mind living there while I'm here, but heaven's going to be so much greater than this chateau in the country. It's going to be so much greater than having just a nice little place here. It's going to be majestic and it's going to be wonderful. And as some would say that Jesus has been spending 2,000 years preparing this place for us. 
He only spent six days on all of this around us. And at the end of every day, after He would speak things into existence, or He finally got around to forming man of the dust of the earth and breathing in Him the breath of life, and He'd say, man, this is good. At the end of every day, He said, it is good. But I would tell you when we get to heaven, it's not just going to be good, it's going to be great. That it can't compare to anything you have in mind. Anything that you can think of, it's going to be greater. It's going to be exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. It's going to be a glorious place. I can't wait to get to heaven. I've told this story to you before. It was the first Sunday where we went to live stream only. Six months in to our weekly services, we're going live stream only. And, I, and I've known, I mean, have, I've, I've been raised in church. I've been following Jesus. Mostly been following Jesus since I was 11. But like many people, they're like, well, I don't want him to come right now. I've got stuff to do. Places to go, people to see. How many of you have been there? You're like, Lord, I want you to come, but just, just hold off a little bit longer. But that Sunday morning, with six months into a church plant, averaging low 20s, and then we go to live stream only. We weren't doing live stream, period, until COVID. Standing right here before I walked on camera going, even so, come Lord Jesus. As I was like, heaven's way better than this. I didn't sign up for this, or at least I, well, I didn't know I signed up for this. I didn't sign up to start a church during COVID. But aren't you thankful God doesn't tell us all the details or how much would we say no to Him about? If I had known COVID was coming, I'm not sure I would be here today. So I really signed up for it. I just didn't know what I was signing up for. But I would tell you, it's not just in the times when things are going bad and things are going wrong that we should be saying, even so come Lord Jesus, but heaven is better than the greatest thing. You could win the lottery tomorrow and you shouldn't play it, but if you play it and you win it, you should be like, Lord, forgive me for that, and then come on, Lord Jesus, take me home. Heaven's going to be way better than this. I don't know if you picked up on my view of the lottery right there. Let me, let me say it one more time. You win the lottery tomorrow. Say, Lord, forgive me. Pay your tithes. And then say, come on, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Heaven is going to be a great place. And Jesus starts with that. Don't let your heart be troubled. There is a place we're going. They just don't know what it is. And he says, you know the way. And Thomas says, or we don't even know where you're going. How do we know the way? If I don't have a destination, how do I know how to get there? Our world is in the same place that Thomas was. We don't know where we're going, much less the way to get there. Our world is full of false expectations and bad theology. I talk a lot about the end times these days because we are living in the time of the end. But There are people who are 
of the theological position that we just make things better and better and better. The world is just going to get better. And then when that happens, Jesus has come because we made it so great. It flies in the face of the Bible. People would say that humans are basically good. The Bible would say otherwise. There are none good. No, not one. Your heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? We can't make it good enough to cause Him to come back. As some would try to hope. So they don't even know where we're going. They don't know the way in which we are to get there. Some would say if we just take over every arena of life and we redeem it and we, be, we have enough Christians in politics and enough Christians in this area or in that area, then everything's going to be good and we're going to create this millennial kingdom because Jesus is just going to come back. It's, it doesn't follow the Word of God. Because Jesus would say this, I am the way. Not I am a way, but I am the way. And there is no other way but through Jesus Christ. He is the only way to get to heaven. He is the only way to the Father's house. And you and I must be in relationship with Him in order to get to heaven. People will say this, that there are many ways to get to God. And ultimately, part of what they're saying is there are many ways to get to heaven. I would tell you this. There are many ways to get to Jesus. But you've got to get to Jesus to get to heaven. And why would I say it that way? I was raised in church. I've known about Jesus my whole life. Not only was I raised in church, I was raised in an apostolic oneness church. I knew there was only one God, and I knew about the new birth from the time I could walk and talk. I was raised in this. So my way of getting to Jesus and finding Jesus was I was born to people who knew where he was. When John asked earlier how many of you knew about oneness apostolic truth or had been in, there weren't very many hands that went up, but I know your stories. Most of the hands in this room should have gone up. Because you may have heard about Jesus, you may have heard a few things, but you had not heard that you could be born again. You didn't hear that you could be baptized in the name of Jesus. You hadn't heard that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You didn't know that there was only one God and His name is Jesus and how you're going to get to heaven is through that one Jesus Christ. So your path to Jesus is different than my path to Jesus. But you've got to get to Jesus because He's the only way. So I, I was getting ready to print my notes and I, and I use an iPad, but I print my notes for Belky or whoever's translating so they can kind of follow along. And, and then I mess them up by not following my notes. And... But before I printed my notes, I got to thinking about this truth that there are many ways people take, many paths they take to find Jesus. But they have to get to Him. And I, and I liken it to this idea if you're going to come to cross church depending on where you're starting from 
you may get on I-35 north. Get off at 151st Street. Go make a U-turn down across from Home Depot and come up that way. If you come from I-35, from the north, you come to 35 south, and you might get off at the same exit on the other side and do the U-turn, or you may get off at Old 56 Highway, cut across on Mahaffey and come by Garmin and by Freddy's and then come across 151st Terrace here. If you come from Stillwell, you may take 175th Street over, come up Mahaffey from the south. You can come all kinds of ways. I come up, I come south on Black Bob, and then I come west on 151st Street, and then I turn by Quick Trip, and I go south to 151st Terrace, and I cross over the intersection I talked about in Sunday school. But here's the deal. You don't get here without being on 151st Terrace. You can get to 151st Terrace a whole lot of ways, but you got to get to 151st Terrace to get here. And it's the same way with Jesus. You can get to Jesus any number of ways. And whether you're raised in this or your parents got into it when you were older or you find Jesus at an old age, an elderly age, whatever it is, got to find Jesus if you're going to make it to heaven. And any other way, what Jesus would say is this, that anybody comes through or tries to get into the kingdom any other way than through the door of the sheepfold, after he says, I am the door of the sheepfold, when he says, I am the way, anybody tries to come any other way, they're a thief and a robber. And you could say, well, I could just come up and walk across the railroad tracks and go in. But Jesus would say, you didn't come the right way, and so you're not staying here. There is only one way into the kingdom of God, and that is through Jesus Christ. He is the only way to the Father's house. Would you stand together with me? I'm getting ready to close. We're here in the great state of Kansas. Known for a lot of things, one of which is this. It is the origin of the Wizard of Oz. We went to the place, I think it's Wamigo maybe, Wizard of Oz Museum, and have a little yellow brick road, and we did it one Labor Day, and Anna was a little younger. You know the story of the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy and Toto, they get taken up in a tornado. Wakes up and she's in this land of Oz and trying to figure out how to get back and what to do. And the yellow brick road. She finds the yellow brick road. The yellow brick road doesn't get her to the Wizard of Oz by being just being on it. There's a key word that takes place there. She has to follow the yellow brick road. I'm on the road. But I'm not yet at the wizard. So I got to walk the yellow brick road. 
So what I want to end with is this. I found Jesus. I met Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus. I'm filled with the Spirit of Jesus. I've taken on the name of Jesus in baptism. That puts you on the road. But you've got to follow Jesus. It's not just finding the way. You have to follow first century in the Roman world I referenced this in Sunday school a couple weeks ago via Morris road it is the way to get from one place to another the via della Rosa the way suffering but using that language of being on the way It's not a moving sidewalk. It's not a a road and a way that you just find it and you're like, I'm in a Star Wars tractor beam. They're just pulling me in. And I can't get out of the track. I can't break away that I'm just going to sit here and I'm automatically going to end up in heaven. No, you have to choose to follow Jesus. That when you find the way, you have to walk in You have to walk after Him and you have to follow after Him. So my admonition to all of you, you already know the way. This is not news to you that Jesus is the only way. But my exhortation is this, make sure you're following Him. It can't be I just found the way, but I'm following That today I'm walking in the way He wants me to walk. And tomorrow I'm following Him and I'm walking the way He wants me to go. We celebrate when people are born again. When We celebrate with certificates when they're baptized in water. And we celebrate when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't give out certificates for repentance, but we celebrate that when people make that step of committing their life that I'm going to follow Jesus. But getting the certificate is not the end of the journey. It's just the starting point. It's just saying, I I found the way. But now I have to walk therein. Understand You can leave the way. It's not a, as I mentioned, it's not the tractor beam in Star Wars that sucks your ship into this other ship. Jesus is constantly pulling, and Jesus is constantly saying, Come on to me, come closer to me. He's pulling on us, but we can resist him, we can walk away from him. And in the short life of this church, I've seen numerous people start off good, start off faithful, and start off committed. But they're not in the room today. And it's not just because they had something to do today, but 
Some of them haven't been here in a long time. Because somewhere along the, the journey, they got on the way and they started following Jesus, but they took an exit. And Paul would say of Demas, who was on his missionary team, making disciples and planting churches across Asia, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He chose to go a different way. Chose to go a different path. So I'm going to invite you around the altar just for a moment. And that this was not my intention of how to end this. My call to action is this. Make sure you know there's only two possibilities when we end this life. It's heaven or hell. And there's only one way to heaven. And it is through Jesus Christ. So if you haven't experienced the new birth, if you haven't repented of your sins, today's the day. If you haven't been baptized in, the na- in water in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, today is the day. If you haven't been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence with speaking in tongues, today is the day. Because there is no other way. Experience the new birth, and if you've done that, understand you need to live with eternity in mind. That what I do today is going to impact my eternity, and what I do tomorrow is going to impact my eternity. And what I do tomorrow and what I do today and what I do next week is going to determine whether I'm really following Him. And just because I start with Him doesn't mean I'll finish unless I keep eternity in mind and I live following Him. The third thing is this. Don't just get yourself to heaven. Take somebody with you. Share the way to heaven with somebody. It should be a Weekly occurrence at minimum where we find opportunity. Not that we're given opportunity. We find opportunity to share the gospel with somebody and tell somebody about Jesus. So just for the next couple of minutes, would you come around the front as they get ready to sing and play. Say, God, I'm, I'm going to stick with you. I, I found the way. And Lord, I'm sticking with you. I'm not turning off short. I'm not taking an exit. I'm not taking a wrong turn. Lord, I'm sticking with you. I don't want my GPS to say rerouting because I've taken a wrong turn, but I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm going to continue heading toward the destination that you have called me to, and that is to make heaven my home. God, we praise you. We love you. We worship you. We glorify you because of who you are. We thank you that there is a way to heaven that you have an eternity prepared for us that In the Father's house, there are many places to abide. Lord, one of those has my name on it. One of those is where I'm going. And nothing's going to keep me from getting there. Nothing's going to turn me aside from you. Nothing's going to cause me to get off of the path. And nothing's going to cause me to get off of the way. Lord, I'm going all the way to heaven. I'm not going to stop short, but I'm following you completely. God, I'm sticking with you all the way to heaven.